Well, another day, another dollar here in post-pandemic America. And uh, if you haven't yet read the news about these weird leaks that have come out, supposedly from the Pentagon, leaks concerning the status of the Russia-Ukraine war, um, if you haven't looked into this yet, so the mainstream media is saying that what came out in these leaks, I haven't looked at them myself, so I, I can't say firsthand, just summarizing what the media has said. Uh, that in these leaks, it shows the status of the war is somewhat different than they've been telling people in the West. And according to this internal Pentagon report, again, just an allegation because I haven't actually read it myself. Uh, they state that they're just days away from losing air defense. Just days away from losing air defense or air superiority in Ukraine. And uh, in modern warfare, if you don't have your airspace locked down, you pretty much don't have control of a country, right? If you can't protect a certain area from incoming, uh, incoming aircraft, then you essentially can't win. And here Ukraine apparently is in that position. So a weaker position than they're telling us. And this is like the perfect, uh, the perfect kind of transition into what I want to talk about tonight. I was saying to my uh, saying to my other half that I feel in the mood to drop some knowledge tonight. Let's drop some knowledge. Let's tie a couple of different concepts together. And uh, for the people in Virginia, so-called deep state, these military industrial folks at the Pentagon and then various defense contractors like Lockheed Martin and Northrop Grumman and uh, all the others, Rockwell Collins, etc., uh, these people have a belief that perception is more important than reality. The perception of how the war is going is to them more important than the actual facts of the war. So do they want to cover up this leak that came out? I'm sure they do. I'm sure they absolutely do, which is why I'm not going to I'm not going to dig into it any further. I just summarized for you guys what other media outlets are saying. But they would rather save face than actually do a good job in Ukraine, than actually repel the Russians. For some reason to these, these control freaks, that's what they are, let's be honest. These control freaks in DC and in neighboring Virginia who uh, you know wage war for a living, it's more important to them that some grandmother in Iowa or some blogger in Connecticut that, they, that these random people believe we're doing so well in Ukraine that we're just kicking the Russians' butts 24-7. That to them is actually more important than kicking their asses. And it, it's a total kind of inversion or, or change from how nation-state stuff has mostly been done. It used to be you had to win a war to win a war. Now you just with social media and people on Twitter and controlling the narrative. <clears throat> they make billions of us believe we're winning a war. And then internally the Pentagon says, oh no, Ukraine is losing their air defense capability. So uh, not good, as Trump would say, not good. Uh, but again, to these people, the perception is more important than reality. And we're seeing that in the crypto world. Right, we're seeing that with this weird banking crisis that started uh, what, about a month ago. Incredibly, it seems like it was six months ago. But it was only a month ago that Silicon Valley Bank failed. 
And then there was fears that Credit Suisse was going to fail. And the Swiss government came in and uh, forced a rush sale to their competitor, UBS. And a whole bunch of other stuff has happened since then. And we've seen the largest deposit outflows in U.S. history. So I saw some, some uh, finance pundit on Twitter was saying since March 2022, roughly a year ago, right, a year and a week or so, since March 2022, there's been close to $1 trillion in true outflows, true outflows from the U.S. banking system. So this means not people moving their money from one you know, money market fund to another, but actually withdrawing their cash, either using it to buy something like gold or real estate or uh, simply holding on, <clears throat> holding on to it as physical paper cash. A trillion such dollars has left our banking system in the last year. And that's, that's a real crisis. And rather than actually restore confidence, which you could do in a number of ways, right? Uncle Sam could say tomorrow morning, all deposits are protected, not just the $250,000 cap. They could say that. They could say, hey, it's going to cost us some money if there are more failures. But to restore confidence in the American banking system, will ensure every deposit that's at an FDIC uh, member bank. Instead, they're not doing that. They're doing pretty much the opposite. They're saying, well, if you're not, if you're not one of the big banks, there's no guarantee that you'll actually be bailed out beyond that 250K cap per account or per uh, customer. So they're the ones stoking the, uh, stoking the fears, right? It's not crypto doing this. But they absolutely hate crypto because for every dollar that leaves their banking system, for every dollar that's withdrawn or used to buy Bitcoin or another, uh, another popular crypto like, say, Ethereum uh, or Litecoin, every dollar that leaves their system is actually $9 they no longer have access to, give or take. Approximately $9 of money that they could turn around and rehypothecate, it's called. Rehypothecation is when you take the collateral and use it on another loan, right? So they've got your dollar and they basically loan it out nine times. And if they don't have your dollar, they can't do that at all. And so they're in this kind of free fall where they don't have enough cash and Bitcoin hasn't done anything wrong. So they can't really outlaw property ownership, right? No more than they could outlaw uh, diamonds or oil or anything else you buy with your U.S. dollars. To outlaw buying crypto with your dollar makes the dollar a lot less useful. And yet these people are losing face, right? They're actually losing in Ukraine. Uh, they actually lost against COVID-19 in the sense that rather than, rather than prevent it from affecting America and our, our partners around the world, Instead, they, they covered up the fact that it was likely a lab leak, likely an unfinished product of some kind. And it went on to infect 700 million people and cause 7 million or more deaths. And then all the allegations of uh, long-term problems with some of the vaccines, people experiencing a number of health issues, not everybody, just some people. But again, 7 million dead just from the virus 700 million infected, unknown uh, long-term effects for people who, who got that infection. 
And that was that was like equivalent of the U.S. losing a world war. And now you have that coupled with Afghanistan, where we rushed out of Afghanistan, pulled out at a haphazard kind of cowardly fashion. And these people in Virginia, they don't see the connection, I guess, between losing our military standing and people losing faith in the dollar. And so the reason why the dollar is weaker now is that people around the world are stopping, stopping uh, their use of it. Right? You got Macron, President Macron in uh, France, saying all of Europe needs to reduce its dependence on the dollar. Well, what happens when a major country in the EU says they plan to move away from the dollar? It causes other people to do the same thing. Then you've got the, uh, the crown prince of Saudi Arabia, MBS, uh, Mr. Mohammed bin Salman. And MBS recently said he's no longer interested in pleasing the United States. Just an incredible change in tone. Right? They're allying with Iran, which has been the enemy of the American uh, military-industrial complex for the last 30 years. Suddenly allying with Iran and saying they're not interested in pleasing the U.S. And they've begun to do oil trades. Uh, oil trades with, uh, with other countries using a currency other than the dollar. They no longer have dollar exclusivity. And then you have China. Uh, China reopening to crypto. You got Hong Kong uh, will allow individuals to buy crypto. I think starting this June or July, they're going to let individuals buy it again. And mainland China is looking at that, looking at that as kind of a beta test, kind of a test market to see if it's worth uh, opening it up to the rest of China. So you got the whole world kind of moving away from the dollar and starting to dip their toe into these new peer-to-peer -peer water, peer-to-peer uh, -peer money waters, right? Crypto, Bitcoin, Litecoin, et cetera. And these deep state creepers in Virginia are overreacting because again, they don't care about the actual outflow of the dollar so much as the fact that some, you know, some grandma reading her Twitter feed at night in Iowa or Idaho or some college student in North Dakota is gonna go, oh my God, the dollar is collapsing. That scares them more than the actual collapse of the dollar. Again, for these people, perception is everything. They don't like to lose face. And uh, that's why they've scaremongered about doing a possible ban of crypto. That Senator Sherrod Brown, banking committee chairman, uh, this guy who's supposedly friends with Podesta, friends with this uh, well-connected globalist, you know, they've threatened to possibly outlaw crypto, which, again, would be such a denial of basic property rights. It would also make the dollar look ridiculous. What next? Can you not buy sports cars with the dollar? Are they going to ban you from buying yachts with the dollar because it could represent an outflow of value? Do they just want you to keep all your money in a checking account that earns no interest as they turn around and loan the money uh, to people for 30% per year, right? Credit cards running about 30%, or car loans, 8 9%. Yeah, and they give you peanuts and then turn around, and for every dollar you've put in, they loan out about $9. That, to me, is not the fault of Bitcoin. It's the fault of a ridiculous system, a ridiculous, clownish system that's almost the opposite of what a bank should be, almost the complete opposite of what a deposit bank should look like. Instead, it's this... Uh, this kind of uh, flywheel, that's the word I'm looking for, 
this kind of flywheel where you put dollars in and then dollars get spit back out in the form of loans from the bank. But when one part of that, when one, one part of that formula is uh, challenged, the whole flywheel grounds to a halt. It stops spinning. No more dollars get spit out. And that's the situation they're in now. And so I think totally possible, although not likely, but totally possible we'll see a knee-jerk reaction from Senator Sherrod Brown and Elizabeth Warren, the other anti-crypto zealot. And again, it's all perception for these people. They don't want Bitcoin to look good because then it makes them look bad. And this is a fight they could have just stayed on the sidelines, right? It's a new technology. You don't have to have a stance on it. It's just like anything else, like buying diamonds or oil or gold. They let you buy those things with the dollar. So why not crypto, especially when people in China are starting to use it again? Why not crypto? So yeah, like I was saying the other night, this is very similar to the uh, criminalization of cannabis back in the 1970s, where the federal government decided to outlaw it and then use that as the pretense to jail a whole bunch of anti-war activists and uh, uh, various other people they didn't like, various dissenters. And here the problem is again, not Bitcoin, the problem is that the U.S. financial system is losing face. It's losing its respect around the world. You got Saudi Arabia, again, saying they plan to do business with other countries and using other currencies. You got China pushing this whole de-dollarization narrative. And you got simple inflation. You got the fact that your dollar just buys less stuff than it did a year ago. The more articles I read where, oh, the rents are coming down, so that means inflation has stopped. That's such a weird read on what's happening. Rents are coming down because the average person is economically weaker. That's why rents are coming down, is that your average middle-class person has less disposable income than a year ago. And so simple market dynamics. Landlords are now willing to rent for less. They're not thrilled about it. They're taking the conditions they have. And why is this happening more macro? The inflation is happening, again, because other countries, other countries are the ones dumping the dollar. So this is, this is the point I wanted to make. Now I, now I kind of see where I'm going with this. <laughs> see where I'm going with this argument. So as we're in the middle of a legitimate banking crisis that doesn't affect any one bank in particular, but instead affects the U.S. dollar itself and confidence in the Fed's balance sheet, right? We're in this crisis now. Again, a trillion dollars removed from the game board since last year. Trillion dollars in outflows. And rather than stop the bleeding, rather than go to Saudi Arabia or France or these other countries and say, hey, wait a second, keep using the dollar. We'll give you some more goodies. We'll give you some more military protection if you ever need it. Instead of doing that, the U.S. has turned around and is now focused on nerds using Bitcoin. And it's such a complete fail. It blows my mind. Because ultimately, convincing that hypothetical grandmother in Iowa or that college student in North Dakota or California or somewhere, convincing that hypothetical person who doesn't really matter and doesn't have much money anyways, that the dollar is strong and they should keep using it. Well, if the dollar fails, that only hurts that person. Right? It only hurts that person more if the dollar fails them. But rather, rather than stop the bleeding, they just want to convince us domestically that our currency is sound as people around the world are dumping it 
and they want to convince people domestically not to touch Bitcoin, even though if it functions as digital gold, Bitcoin might be one of the only things left standing. You look at commercial real estate, it's down close to 50%. So these banks, what they consider to be risk-free investments, are treasuries, long-term treasuries, which many banks are underwater on at the moment because of the rise in interest rates, and commercial real estate trusts. This is where they put your money, aside from the credit cards and the car loans. Your money goes into stuff like commercial real estate trusts. Well, the companies never came back after COVID-19. The big office places never came back to full capacity. Enough people have managed to convince their bosses to do you know, remote work, work from home, at least part of the time. And so those office leases are simply not being renewed. And that means the banks are sitting on paper that's worth much less than most people realize. And instead of addressing these challenges, which could be done, that's what's so amazing is tomorrow, Senator Sherrod Brown, head of the banking committee, he could stop letting Podesta whisper in his ear, whisper in his ear with this weird anti-crypto uh, crusade, totally un-American crusade. Like, how did they let the internet happen? How did these control freaks in Virginia and D.C. let America lead on the internet? If AOL were, were to launch today, right, if America Online were to launch today, You'd have senators like Sherrod Brown saying, outlaw it. We can't have people using instant messenger. Mail only. Post office only. We can't have people using email. <laughs> I have no idea how they let the internet flourish. Well, now they're not letting the same thing happen with crypto. when it's just another tech innovation. Uh, so we're really in bad shape. We're in bad shape because, again, Sherrod Brown tomorrow could say every dollar in the U.S. banking system is protected. If we need to pay out to uh, make people whole. If you're, sitting in, if you're sitting in a weak bank, a bank that's underwater, and if you need your money, we'll make you whole no matter what. They could do that, but they're not doing that. They're not saying that. So instead, people get more and more frightened and start to do uh, kind of risk reduction. And that means taking your money out of banks that you don't think are strong. So this collapse that's underway has nothing to do with crypto, even though they're going to try to scapegoat it. it, has absolutely not a thing to do with crypto. Bitcoin's been around for 14 years. It launched in 2009. This crisis is happening now because, again, banks are technically underwater because the Fed kept raising rates when the economy actually wasn't that strong because everybody just got finished getting their, their head pummeled in economically from three years of COVID-19. So the average person is actually worse off and they kept raising interest rates and now it all might collapse because businesses, again, are not buying office uh, space and they're not taking out new leases and it all might collapse because the banks at the end of the day, they're not sitting on some reserve of gold or silver. They're not sitting on barrels of oil. Again, they're sitting on commercial real estate that is down about 50%. Scary times. You're listening to Fulcrum News, real news from America and around the world. Fulcrumnews.com slash subscribe to get our premium membership and updates via email.